of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you. Who, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and give him glory that your faith and your hope might be in God. That your faith and your hope might be in God. That your faith and your hope might be centered and might rest in God. It is God's hope. He is the source of the hope. It is a hope you've been born again to. And it has been laid up for you. You have a right to it. It's been paid for. Now in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 5. It says... We through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. We wait for this hope. We are looking. We have this expectation. We are desiring to possess and to walk this hope out. What hope? The hope of righteousness. It is a hope that comes that is directly connected to the oneness that you have with God in Christ. You, you only become the righteousness of God when you're born again. Because Jesus was made to be sin for us that you might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. But once you are born again and you are grafted in and you come into this oneness with God, God's hope becomes your hope. So it is a hope of that righteousness. Now, on the other hand, it is, it is, it is, it is as we talk about this hope, what we must also recognize, it is a hope of righteousness it is not founded in self-righteousness. Because you see, there is a trap that we can all fall into where we think we are doing everything right. We have done everything right. We've prayed right. We've fasted right. We've done the right, this right. And because we have done all these things right, therefore, this is my expectation. Therefore, I can have hope. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. The Bible says being ignorant of the righteousness of God to go about trying to seek their own. God does not want you to build God wants you to live right. We are to live right. We are to do right. He that knows to do good and do it not to him it's sin. But our righteousness, but this hope and all the benefits of our salvation is not because of our doing. It's because of what he has done. It is by grace that it might be by faith. Amen. It is by faith that it might be by grace. It is grace. This hope is, is, is part of what grace provides. So we've got to be careful that we don't shift into this place as diligent as we must be to make our calling and our election sure. We must not allow ourselves to fall into the trap wherein we think that we are now good enough. And therefore, because I've done this and I've done that, therefore, this is my hope. This is my expectation. You've got to continually make sure that your hope is centered in God. Are you with me? Amen. Why? Because you see, when we slip over into self-righteousness, then the Bible says that we are making Jesus' death of non-effect. In other words, why did he have to die if I could have figured it all out, if I could have do this and do that? Amen. So, it is a righteousness, which is a faith. And, um, and Peter said in 1 Peter 1 and verse 3 and verse 15 that we might with meekness have an answer. 1 Peter 3 and verse 15 he says sanctify the Lord in your heart and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you. 
and to give an answer with meekness and with fear and trembling. Give an answer, not not an answer, oh, I have this hope, would you want to know why? And No, I'm bragging myself, no. In meekness, recognizing your source of your strength and, that you're, and your submission to him, but have an answer. Why do I have this hope? Where is this hope coming from? What is the essence of it? Turn with me to... Um, Turn me to Hebrews chapter 10, just for a moment. Let me just, let's just scan, scan through this a little bit. Say the hope of righteousness. Now, in, in Hebrews chapter 10, it talks about the, the worshippers once purged will have no more consciousness of sin. The very essence, the very essence of, of righteousness is having no consciousness of sin. Having no consciousness of any separation with God. But living in that place continually wherein you are one with Him. And because of that oneness, you are able to exercise authority. Because of that oneness, you are an heir of God, a joint heir with Christ. Because of that oneness, having been washed by the blood, there is a freedom from guilt and condemnation and insecurity and fear and all of these things. And instead you have a confidence and a boldness. Amen? Amen. So, and it is so. It is a it is a hope of that that comes out of that righteousness, comes out of that no no that that freedom from the consciousness of separation from God. So Hebrews chapter ten it talks about that, and it and it and it goes on to say, uh, it it says that um, in verse. It was saying the fact that the, and the, the blood of bulls and goats and, the, and those sacrifices were not acceptable. But Jesus said he came in the volume of the book. He presented his own self as the sacrifice. And in verse 9 he says, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second by the which will we are sanctified, made whole, holy and separated unto God, consecrated unto God by the offering of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, this hope is because of resurrection. This hope is because of the very sacrifice of Christ. And every priest standing daily, ministering and oftentimes the same sacrifice, which could never take away sins. His sacrifice took away sins. It took away that separation. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, he sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. So you see, where, where, where is Jesus' hope? Where is Jesus' heart at? Where is the Father's heart at? Because of what Jesus has finished, God has this expectation that all his enemies will be made his footstool. And then it goes on to say in verse 14, And because by that one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. So there is this expectation, there is this hope, there is this confidence that all of Jesus' enemies will be made his footstool because of his sacrifice and because by that sacrifice you and I have been perfected forever. So where then is this hope coming from? Peter said that you might have a reason, you may, you may have an answer for those that will come along and say, well why do you have such hope? Why do you expect any, every enemy to be made your footstool? Why do you believe that no weapon formed against you will prosper? Why do you believe that, that God will wipe away the tears? Why do you believe that, that um, this sickness here is not going to end in death, but rather there's going to be a resurrection? Why do you believe that, um, that you're going to be able to live and declare the glory of the Lord and the majesty of our God and His greatness and His goodness? Why do you believe these things? 
Why do you have this confidence? Where is it coming from? Well, it is coming from the fact that number one, the sacrifice. Which means what? Jesus put it in John 19 verse 30. And this is how he put it. He says, it is finished. Say, it is finished. But you see, in that it is finished, and in that sacrifice, it also means that Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. And made a show of them openly. In other words, then, he, he, he trampled upon the head of the enemy. He defeated the enemy. And Jesus was raised up from the dead, glorious, having the keys of hell and death and of the grave. And those keys, we have access to those keys. Those keys are given to us. He says he's given us the keys of the kingdom. So here, why do we have this confidence? Why do we have this confident expectation? Why do we have this hope? Because it is finished. Not only is it finished, but because of, because of the fact that we have now, we have this authority that has been given to us. His victory over the enemy is our victory. His def he defeated the enemy for us. Through him, we are more than conquerors. And you see, having that authority, we can execute that authority. We can bind, we can take authority over the devil, we can rebuke, we can, we can command, we can do that stuff. But let me just say this though, because you see, the authority, there is the authority, but then there's the reality of who you are. And authority is, is wonderful, isn't it? But can you, can you imagine a police officer? Or, 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 um, or sheriff, right? who has a badge. But he doesn't know he's a sheriff, but he's got a badge. And that badge has authority, indicates authority. But if he doesn't know who, who, if he, doesn't know who he is, how effective will he be in walking that authority out? In other words then, the authority is important, but who you are is also very important. You need to know who you are. And then, ex and then act like who you are. Execute authority as you have need to. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. That all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Jesus bodily. Does it say that? But then it goes on to say in verse 10. And that, and that you are complete in him. So the fullness of the Godhead is in Christ. And Christ is in you. Then you are complete. And the fullness of the Godhead is in you. You are the righteousness of God. Now I'm not going to go off on, on, studying, on, on, on studying who we are in Christ. But you are the very offspring of God. By that one offering, he has perfected you forever. Inside of your spirit, there's this absolute, total perfection. And not only that, but he raised you up. And he made you to sit together he, at, at his right hand. He said, look, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. Remember that? John chapter 14. And he says, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. And, this, and I'm going to come again and I'm going to get you. Well, when he died, was buried, resurrected, and ascended to the right hand of the Father, that was the place he prepared. In him, at the Father's right hand. And when, the moment, and when you are, and we are born again, that's where we are seated. Amen? He's already come and gotten you. Did you know that? <laughs> right? And we're not talking about the second return. He says, I'm going to go prepare a place for you and I'm going to come and I'm going to get you. And I'll make sure that where I am, there you will be also. I am in the Father, the Father is in me, me and you and all of us together. We will make our abode with you. John chapter 14, verse 21 and 23. <clears throat> Thomas said, where is the way? How are we going to get there? We don't know the way. Jesus says, look, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Amen. But because I live, because I'm at the right hand of the Father. 
The works that I do, shall you do also. And greater works than these. You're going to walk in this authority. Why? Because of where I am and because you are now seated with me. So there is the issue. So why do we have this, this confident expectation? Because it is finished. Because of who he is. Because of who we are. And because of the authority that we've got. He says, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. But you've got to execute that authority. The righteousness which is of faith doesn't sit back in the corner and wonder. It speaks. It doesn't say, Jesus, come up or come down. No. What does it say? It's near you. It's near to your mouth. You do the speaking. Until you declare and until you decree, Jesus, your high priest, has nothing to work with. Because he's the apostle and the high priest of your profession. What are you professing? Are you saying what he has already said? Are you saying what is already done? Are you with me? But as we do that, as we walk in our authority, then what happens? As we walk in our authority, then those, the, the hope that we have is validated. The hope that we have can be realized. We have got a divine supernatural hope. It's not based on circumstances. It's not based on what it looks like. It's not based on the natural. It's not based on what it feels like. Abraham had a supernatural hope and that's not where it came from. You look at the things that are seen, it can cause you to faint. David says, but because, because I believed in him, because of what I had believed, to see the expectation, to see the goodness of the God in the land of the living, because of who he is, that's why I didn't faint. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now you see, just to take this a little further, the issue of authority. Can you imagine Jesus said, whosoever shall what? Say to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, he shall have whatsoever he says. You know what Jesus basically said? He says you can have what you say, if you can learn to talk right and believe right. Amen? He says, you decree, you declare whatever you hear the Lord say, you begin to declare it, you begin to decree it. The fact that you can have what you say, that in and of itself ought to cause hope to bubble up on the inside of you. Think about it. The fact that life and death is in the power of your tongue, if we would believe it, Life and death, we can declare, we can decree, we can speak life, we can curse the fig tree, we can curse that sickness, we can curse that cancer, we can command that cancer to die in its roots and to come out of our bodies in Jesus' name. We can declare life and resurrection power flowing out of our spirit into every cell, into every joint because our spirit is life because of righteousness, Romans 8 verse 10. We can do that, but you got to do it, Amen. But think about that. How much, what, what does that do for your hope to recognize that we've got that authority? You see, that is why, God, that's why, that's why it says, um, Paul prayed that we would know what is this hope. You can have it and not know it. You can have that hope and it be dormant. You can be ignorant of it and as a result be alienated from the very life and the very power and the very authority and the victory. Amen. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace. And here is this word. In believing. That you might abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hope. Say hope. Now, in life sometimes, you know, there's places in life 
both in the spirit and in the natural that we haven't been before. But guess what? You got the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit will lead you. He will guide you. He will teach you to prosper. He will lead you in a way which he should go. Now, does, is his ministry valid? Can he really lead you? Can he really guide you? Can he really teach you? Can he really bring things to your remembrance? Well, if you have the ministry of the Holy Spirit, God Almighty, is that not a reason to hope? Is that not a reason? Now, you see, the unbeliever don't have that. Alright? The unbeliever that is not that has been, that isn't seated with Christ, that don't have that authority over the enemy, don't have that. That's why it's a hope of righteousness. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm telling you, if I wasn't born again, and I heard this, this would be a reason for me to be born again. Amen. I wouldn't want to step into 2019 hearing this stuff and thinking how wonderful that is, but I can't have it because I can only have it by the righteousness of God, by being one with Him. And it's the hope of righteousness. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Say the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now again, you know, in our humanity, ignorance is something that is, that hangs out with us at times. Where we just don't know. But do you know? <laughs> do you know that the Holy Spirit can help you in the area of your ignorance? Do you know that's one of the reasons why he's given us the, uh, the, the gift of being able to speak in other tongues? Romans chapter 8 verse 26 and 27. Why? So that you can pray about those things that you don't even know you need to pray about. Much less how to pray about them. The Holy Spirit will help you with groanings. He will help you by giving you divine utterance. So that you can pray in accordance to the will of God. About situations and so on. Even in concerning things to come. Amen? I don't know about you but that's another good reason to hope. The Holy Spirit. The gift of tongues. His equipping. His enablement. We've got a covenant of peace. We've got a covenant, a, a, a covenant that has a whole lot of various items, various benefits, all kinds of stuff is in that covenant. And the Bible says that that covenant and that will is in force because the one who made the will has died. That's Jesus. And Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15 to 17. So everything in the covenant is in force. What does that mean? That means all the promises of God in Christ. Say in Christ. Are yes and amen. But they're not yes and amen outside of Christ. But they're yes and amen where? In Christ. So that's where you got to be. Again, this hope is for who? It's for those that are in Christ. That oneness with God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now this hope, there is a practical aspect to it as well. Because at the end of the day, I mean, thank God for the Holy Ghost leading you and guiding you. Thank God for the being able to pray about things that you do not know how to pray for as you ought. But then sometimes you need to make decisions with your, with, with, for, for, from your intellect. Well, the Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask God. The Bible says, Christ is made unto us what? Wisdom. So even on a practical level, you can still have hope. You can have hope because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, because of the word of God, because of the promises, because of resurrection, and because, and because, and because, and because. Have a reason, Peter said. Be ready to have an answer as to why you have such hope. It's because of resurrection. It is because of that righteousness. And Christ himself is the hope. He is the very essence of the hope. 1 Timothy 1 verse 1 says he is the hope. And it's Christ in you that is the hope of glory. It's Christ in you that is the confidence that you can have to see the manifestation of the goodness of God and the excellency of God. 
Because the excellency of God is what He has in store for you. Amen? It's part of what you were born again into. It's part of that inheritance. This hope is called a better hope. It's not one based on law. It's not one based on legalism. It's not one based on your works. It's based on what Jesus has already done and accomplished. It is called in another place a glorious hope. A glorious hope. Say glorious hope. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, um, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6. Hallelujah. It is this hope that is from God is so supernatural and God wants you to know that it's yours. He wants you to take a hold of it. Receive it. Take it. This is mine. The writer's taking it by force. This is mine and I take it. Say I take it. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 6. Just a few verses. Verse 16. For men verily swear by the greater. And an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. It's the end of the debate. The end of it. That's it. It's over. Nothing to argue about anymore. Men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise. Are you an heir? The immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable, unchangeable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay a hold upon the hope that is set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and it en which entereth into that within the veil. What is it saying here? It's saying that first of all, this hope that we have is a guaranteed hope. It is backed up. God swore by himself concerning these things that he has promised you. God is, this hope, God himself is the one that guarantees and backs up this hope. The Bible says in, in Romans chapter 5 and verse 5, and hope make it not a shame, which means the hope is not going to, you're not going to be disappointed. Because what? The love of God is shed abroad in your heart. But God is love. So it is saying then your hope is not going to be disappointed because God who is love, that give, that give you his only son, how shall he not with him also freely give you all things? How shall not God who is love, Back up this hope. It is saying that that hope is backed up by God himself. It's a guaranteed hope. It's a guaranteed hope. And because it's a guaranteed hope, he's also saying, let that hope become an anchor for your soul. Let it anchor your soul. Let it anchor your will. Let it anchor your emotions. Let it anchor your thinking. You know, you know, sometimes if you, you can have a, a ship or, or, or you know, imagine a, not even a big ship, but a smaller boat of some sort. And the waves can just knock that boat around. Amen? But if you anchor that boat, if you have a big heavy anchor 
that, that, that anchors that boat, it might rock here and there, but it will still be in the same spot overall, would it not? Well, it is saying the same thing. It is saying that this hope can anchor your soul so that even when there are the waves of life, when there is turbulence, when there is winds blowing against your ship, you will still, you can be steadfast. You could be unmovable. And you can abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So this hope is an anchor for your soul, but you must also be anchored in this hope. There's a, there's a verse of scripture that speaks about the patience of hope or unwavering hope in 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 3. So this hope is an anchor for your soul, but you also must be anchored in this hope. Amen? Now, in, this, in, in, in bringing this in for a close, God says, I know the plans that I have for you. I've got a good future for you. I've got, there's hope in your future. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. And in Hebrews chapter 6, it says in verse 11, that we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence, say diligence, to the full assurance of hope unto the end. In other words then it says apply diligence, be diligent to come to this place of of, of the full assurance of hope. Be diligent to come to this place where you have a hope that is not wavering. Where you have a hope that is steadfast. Where you have a hope that, that, that is anchored and that you are anchored in. Amen? How do you do that? By meditating in, in, in the very reasons for your hope. Recognizing that you're born again to it. Recognizing that God, that it's centered in Him. It's not based on me. It's not based on my goodness. Recognizing that it's part of this inheritance. Recognizing that there is a covenant of hope. Recognizing the blood has been shed. Recognizing um, that, that recognizing somebody, recognizing the ministry of the Holy Spirit and, and tongues and all of these other things. Meditate in those things and recognize that, wait a minute, I, it, might, I might not, it might not look like if I know what to do, but I do know what to do because I got the Holy Ghost. It might look, Paul says, despair, but no, 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 this might be happening, but I'm not in despair. No, 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 no. I have hope. I have hope. I have hope. I have hope. Amen. Say, I have hope. And so, as Paul prayed in um, Romans chapter 15 and verse 13, so let's end where we begin. May the God of hope, <laughs> may the God of hope, Fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And that you might abound and overflow in hope. By the, through the power of the Holy Ghost. As you step out of this year and as you step into next year. Be overflowing with hope. Have a confident expectation that you are going to see the goodness of God. Have that expectation. Be diligent to come to that full assurance of hope. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Say victory is man. The God of all hope. Strengthens me with might. Fills me with hope. So that I abound and overflow. By the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Thank you Father. In Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah.